Kirill Kahitsov with a hat trick as the Minnesota Wild pick up a gutty win on the road to finish off the road trip at two and one as they beat the Carolina Hurricanes five to two. We'll talk about Kaprizov's hat trick. We'll talk about Philip Gustafson building off of the end of the Florida Panthers game and more on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Let's fire it up. You are Locked On Wild Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Minnesota Wild pick up a 5-2 win over the Carolina Hurricanes and finish the three-game road trip at 2-1. and one. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into tonight's Locked On Wild Postcast. Seth Topol with you, and I got to say, I'm impressed. It was a road trip. I think a lot of people were expecting the Wild to be 0-3, maybe get a game to overtime, maybe steal a point. But uh, for the Wild, they went out and they won the final two games of this road trip, including going into Carolina and beating the Hurricanes on their home floor. And if you want just a sense as to how difficult it is to beat the Carolina Hurricanes at home, they are 13, 5, and 4 at home. And not only that, the Hurricanes were 8, 1, and 1 in their previous 10 games. And so for the Wilds, a very impressive win for the Wilds tonight because we saw a couple of the guys that you would expect leading the way. We saw Kirill Kaprizov with a hat trick in a bunch of different ways. How about the first goal that uh, Kaprizov got on the tip in in front. So he gets the dirty area tip in goal. He gets the spinorama goal and he also adds the empty netter. And so Kaprizov leading the way with the hat trick. He's got five goals in the last two games. I think the big story though, in this one is Philip Gustafson turning in a 40 out of 42 performance after what we saw against the Florida Panthers, but exactly what we were hoping would be the case after that game was done is that Gustafson was able to build off of the final 14-ish minutes of that third period in which he made uh, 14 out of 14 saves. He built off of that into this performance tonight. And that first goal, I, I mean, that's just a great play by the uh, the Hurricanes. Uh, Credit where credit's due for them offensively to score that goal. Gustafson had a ton of really good saves, and especially early. I mean, the Wilds were just hanging on for dear life in that first period. But that's that's what good teams, that's, that's what teams that have playoff aspirations do on the road. And so let's let's phrase it this way going forward for this team. There's a long way for them to go, and if they want to get there, these are the types of games that they need to win. These are the types of games you have to win. It was a game that they stole from the Carolina Hurricanes. Got just throttled in the shots department, especially early on, but Philip Gustafson, looking like the Gustafson of old, able to keep a ton of the shots out of the net, and the Wilds, any uh, this was the other part of it too that was impressive from my perspective was i know the wild didn't have a ton of offensive opportunities but the wild did a really good job of making the ones that they had count getting multiple looks because it's this is carolina hurricanes hockey is that they thrive on holding the puck for a long time, they thrive on dominating the puck possession game, and they did. But the Wild were opportunistic with the opportunities that they had, which led to the goals that they scored, and then, of course, the two empty netters down the stretch. Let's give some love to the Wild's penalty kill, too, which is 9-for-9 nine nine in the last two games, and a large part of that due to the play of uh, Mr. Ryan Hartman, who, again, 
continued to play on the penalty kill here tonight. And that unit was uh, a huge reason as to why the Hurricanes were not able to um, were not able to tie it up. And so I know the direction that we are pushing things remains the same. But it is nice to mix in these wins in which you are expecting. I mean, I was expecting before the puck even dropped something around a four or a five to one loss. And it's it's not because I'm I'm rooting for the team to lose. Uh, but it's it's nice for them to to rise to the occasion in the second and third periods and uh, and come away with a uh, a nice win here tonight against a very quality opponent. So that's kind of my takeaways from what we saw here tonight. Um, again, it's going to be a large hill to climb, and I see Denny in the comments already kind of laying out what sort of a run this team's going to have to go on to make this happen. So we will certainly talk about that as we continue the show here tonight. Um, but uh, again, Kirill now up to 18 goals on the season uh, after a uh, a Hattie here tonight. And it, it's nice to see him finally getting rewarded with some goals after continuing strong play, even with the injury which I attribute to the fact that it was a different injury so that he wasn't, you know, wasn't having to go back to square one with his speed and his skating. If it truly is more of a pain tolerance issue that has allowed him to continue his play at the same level that it was getting to right before he was sidelined. So he now gets rewarded for that. Um, Jake Middleton is just, I guess, going to be a goal scorer, the double digit uh, goal scorer for the defenseman this year, which is nice to see, but we're seeing some offensive breakthrough again with Jewel Erickson act too, which is huge for this team. He had a three point night here tonight. He, um, now is up to 19 goals on the season and has scored four goals in the last four games. So he is starting to really get back on the score sheet. Not that he's not having good nights when he's not, um, but now that he's starting to get back into the score sheets um, more consistently, that just continues to, uh, that continues to fuel the, uh, the greater good uh, as well. So there's, there is a lot there's a lot to take that is good for this team in the long run while also keeping in perspective the fact that if this team is going to hold these playoff aspirations and is going to get to said postseason, um, that they're going to have to do this for a much more extended run. They're going to have to keep doing this, and you are really going to have to win these final three games before the break. Like that is that is non-negotiable if this team is going to go to the postseason is you have to win these three teams or these three games against Washington, Nashville, and Anaheim. You got to win all three of those games and go into the break on a high, go into the break on a five game winning streak if you want to get yourself into the postseason picture. We'll see if that happens, but again, that is what the Wild needed to do. This was um, this was not something that uh, I think was expected. This uh, this three game trip, especially after how the uh, the game against the Lightning went, but credit to the Wild for bouncing back and for being resilient in the uh, the two games against Florida and the Hurricanes. So that's kind of my 10 cents on uh, what we saw here in this one tonight. Kaprizov, Gustafson was fantastic. Uh, penalty kill was uh, was great as well. All in all, that was a uh, that was a fun win against a very good team uh, in the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. So that's that's kind of what I got. We'll uh, flip the script and go to listener comments 
as to uh, what you thought of today's game and star players. Just just flood the comment section with what you thought about this game, what you think about the season in general. Um, greater good, which continues to be, um, you know, Kaprizov, Gustafson, Erickson Eck, Brock Faber had a couple points here tonight. So uh, just let us know in the comments. We'll get to all of your comments as we uh, continue tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. Again, the Minnesota Wilds pick up a 5-2 to two win over the Carolina Hurricanes. They've now won two games in a row. We will continue with your comments as we continue tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast after this. Tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are in full swing, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel is incredibly easy to find great ways to bet, such as their live same-game parlays. For instance, if you uh, took the third period over for the Minnesota Wild and the Carolina Hurricanes, you probably uh, had a pretty good night. If you took Kirill Kaprizov to score an anytime goal, you had a great night in this one. You can also find bets in the Explore tab and put together an unbeatable parlay in the Parlay Hub. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Minnesota Wild win 5-2 to two over the Carolina Hurricanes, and we are taking your comments into uh, tonight's win. What do you think about the Wild's chances to get back into the postseason picture uh what do you think about the uh what do you think about the greater good what is your greater good for tonight's game uh we we can go in a lot of different directions including starting with diane this game was unexpected but i welcome it and this is i think a key piece of this puzzle because i i still think unless this team goes on some miraculous run down the stretch in the second half that it's probably looking like the postseason is an incredibly tall order for this team and so even if we think that you know it that it's it's a hard hill to climb there are still going to be games just because of how the nhl works there are going to be games that are played in which the Wild are able to win that we don't think they have a chance in. And tonight certainly falls in that category. But um, one of the big keys, as Denny notes in the comments here, looks like Gus is driving the bus again. It was it was dicey um, in the game against the Florida Panthers on Friday night. It was It was dicey early on. He gave up those three early goals. And as we had kind of discussed after Friday's game, hopefully he was able to use that final 14-ish minutes of the uh, the third period as a springboard to get him back on track. And he talked about that after the game, too, with, uh, with Kevin Gorg and just kind of getting himself back in rhythm um, and just using it as a springboard to uh, to get him back towards what we know he's capable of 
um, as, because of what he did last year. And so definitely carried that over into this game. And it would not surprise me if we see Gus start all three games coming up this week uh, to get to the all-star game. I know with, with Jesper back up, it would be nice to see him get an opportunity again, maybe against the Anaheim Ducks, but um, but it will probably be Gustafson, at least until Marc-Andre Fleury is, uh, is confirmed to be back. But, um, but yeah, it's that, that was a huge piece in getting this game back in the favor of the Wild is they had to outlast the... Uh, the hurricanes in that first period, uh, just a, a torrential downpour of shots from the, uh, the Panthers or the, the hurricanes in that first period. And if not for Gustafson, you're probably behind three or four to nothing at that point, but the wild were able to go into the break tied one, one regroup. And they, they came out and they pushed as much as they could in the second and the third periods. And Gustafson was able to hold down the fort, um, in route to the win. So huge credit to Gus and, uh, hopefully he's able to keep it rolling here, um, throughout the, uh, the rest of the first half into the second half, because Philip Gustafson falls into the greater good category. And whether you are in the team of trade him, keep him around for the long haul, whichever category you fall under, with Philip Gustafson, the better he performs, that serves both of those outcomes. So if he gets back on track, um, those two possibilities look equally tantalizing. And so this this is a nice this is a nice performance for him to build off of uh, going into a game Tuesday against a weird Washington Capitals team. That's about the only way I can put that. Then Nashville on Thursday will be tricky. And then, of course, the Anaheim Ducks on Saturday. Dan joining us, tuning in from the PNC Arena parking lot. This place sucks for traffic. Haven't moved in 20 minutes, but the venue is cool. Otherwise, what a win. Yeah, it's they they talked about it in the broadcast that Carolina has one of the great equalizers for a uh, home ice advantage in the entire NHL. And so I'm not surprised that it was raucous because that team has put together enough of a winning product that their fans come out in droves to support them. And so um, again, that, that kind of, uh, that kind of makes the, uh, the win more impressive for the wild here being able to, as Jason notes, get out shot by 23 and still win by three goals. Um, that, that that's quintessential Carolina hurricanes hockey. They have outshot, their opponents, if I had the stats correct from the broadcast, they've outshot their opponents by 300-ish shots this season. And the the next closest team in terms of shots to them is 100 shots back. So they just, they flurry teams. They hold the puck forever. Um, and so it, it leads to a lot of stretches in which you just have to kind of hang on for dear life. And that's where your goaltender can be the one to get you through that. And that's exactly what Gus did um, in that, uh, that first period. I do want to talk about this as Dougie notes, um, Patrick Waugh behind the bench for the New York Islanders. And I don't know if there is a more perfect. I don't know if there's a more perfect pairing between a guy who is an absolute bulldog uh, in Patrick Waugh or a team that needs an absolute bulldog in the New York Islanders. It's it's a great fit. I'm excited to see kind of how that plays out. And the Islanders in Patrick Waugh's first game behind the bench are leading the Dallas Stars 1-0 after one period. So we'll keep an eye on that as long as we are live here and see if he's able to pick up a win in his debut, the coach bump, always a thing except for the Ottawa Senators. Um, and so it wouldn't surprise me if they, uh, the Islanders pick up a win, but I, I love the fit. I think he is any, any of those like all timers. It's great to have them staying around the game 
And so the fact that Wah is now going to be one of the um, select list that get to be NHL coaches, I'm I'm very much all for that. Um, for as long as he as long as he does it. Hoptics joining us tonight. Brock had another two points tonight. Five points in the last two games. Going to likely finish his rookie season with 50 assists as a rookie. And um, just looking at Faber's stats on the season, he is projected at this point to play in a full 82-game season. And I don't know if this factors in the two points that he had tonight, but he is he is on pace for a uh, 46-point campaign and four four goals, 42 assists. Just and I I think this kind of under I think this goes perfectly in with the fact that it, those that think that he is you know struggling here over the uh, the last couple of weeks I think is strictly due to overusage and the need for the Wild to help him out to get some players in that can take some of that load in terms of defensive minutes so that he's not getting run into the wall um, consistently. I mean, you you look at the minutes for tonight, Faber played 26 minutes, 36 seconds. Brodeen was next at 25.54. There was not another defenseman above 20. Middleton had 18.36. Bogosian had 18.39. Mermis had 14.44. And Goligoski had 12.27. Now, Damon Hunt got sent down, but I think that was largely more of a procedural move to get the Wild through the um, the rest of the road trip. But at the same time, like, can you just move on from one of the one of the two on the back end so that Damon Hunt can get up here and just be with the team for the rest of the year? I mean, I don't feel like I'm asking a ton. But I just I I like what Damon Hunt brought in limited capacity to the point that I would love to see more of it. So we'll see what Bill Guerin decides, because it sounds more and more it sounds more and more like he is prioritizing another defenseman to add to this mix, largely because they don't want to bog Brock Faber down with minutes. Uh, And so. It's. um. It'll be interesting to see what they decide to go with, who they could get for next to nothing that would actually be an impact player. Honestly, unless it's somebody that just is completely off the radar right now, um, I, I'm probably going to to just stand firm with I would love to see Damon Hunt get the opportunity to just take that spot. Amanda joining us tonight. Rossi's consistent with his play. Like Seth said before, he comes out on the ice and just does his best every night. And Rossi tonight, you look at the stats. He had an assist, played 18 minutes, 48 seconds. He uh, blocked two shots. And again, he just like, he just defaults to the front of the net. And we're seeing the team by and large, start to do this way more often. Kirill Kaprizov has done it far more often recently. Jewel Eriksson is starting to get back to that spot. Like, the closer you are to the net, if you can own that area right in front and can clog up those lanes, can get to rebounds before the goalie does, it's just so hard to slump from those spots. Where you can slump is from shooting farther out, shooting from the top of the zone, on those easy looks that uh, that goalies are able to make saves on pretty easily, that's where you can go into a slump. But if you can get to the front of the net, if you can get your stick on pucks that are deflected by the goalie, is the case that uh, Kaprizov did tonight. But again, we were treated to Lou Nanny in the booth, and he talked about on the spinorama shot from Kaprizov is you just do things that are difficult for the goalie to read and Kaprizov as opposed to trying to 
force a pass in that situation just turns and, and lets one fly on the net and he gets rewarded with, uh, with another goal. So I think Rossi's certainly starting to lead the way in the dirty areas. And, uh, it's nice to see the team, um, reciprocate in that regard here this evening, as Jason notes, Nice to see the defense get dirty with 22 block shots. Yeah, there were a ton of guys that had multiple blocks tonight. Duhame blocked three shots. Kaprizov blocked two. Rossi blocked two. Bogosian blocked two. Brodine blocked three. Faber blocked two. And then single blocks for Middleton, Mermis, Zuccarello, Johansson, Hartman, Felino, Eriksonek, and Boldy. And it was interesting, too that uh, they talked about just how much the pace of the game early on was so quick because there really was no, um, there there wasn't a ton of hitting going on because that's just not the style that the, uh, the Hurricanes play. Adam Raskin played seven minutes tonight and still registered five hits. And for a guy who has not played a ton, if you want to leave a little bit of an impact in a limited capacity, Five hits in seven minutes is certainly a good way to do it. Uh, Denny talking about uh, it looks like the Wilds have to go 16 and four in their next 20, but with Gus back and Kaprizov scoring, it could happen. Yeah, it's, you know, you look at the playoff standings right now, and the Minnesota Wilds currently find themselves trailing St. Louis by one point, Calgary. Seattle and Arizona by two points and they trail Nashville by six points. So you're going to need to with the pack, with the team starting to kind of, we're starting to see a little bit of what we didn't see at the beginning of the season. Uh, Nashville is six and four in their last 10. Arizona is four, five and one. Seattle is now seven and three as they've lost three in a row. Calgary's lost two in a row. And the St. Louis Blues are four, five, and one in their last 10. So we're starting to see some of those hopefuls um, not be able to separate themselves so much. But the problem now is that Edmonton has won so many games in a row. They've won 13 games in a row to where now they have leapfrogged the Los Angeles Kings for third place in the Pacific Division. Uh, So now Los Angeles is locked in as of right now, as that first wild card. And they have a seven-point edge on the Minnesota Wild with three games in hand. So the math gets tricky, but if you can go on one of those stretches, and um, if you can go on one of those stretches, then you can kind of get yourself back into it. But that's why the last two games were so important because you can't just beat the teams below you and expect that you're going to be able to get back into this. Like you got to start stealing games from people. And so the last two games, they, uh, they certainly did Ron joining us tonight. The bus left the garage in the nick of time. Very tough for a tender to sit for over two weeks and not see any rubber. And you know, we we've speculated as to if it was rust, if it was still being injured uh, in Gustafson's case, I think it was probably a little bit of both, but I do think getting as much um, getting as much of a look as he did in that third period kind of got him going. Look, it's tough when you don't prepare as the starter. It's tough to come into a game in relief and get yourself ready to go right away, which is why I kind of brushed off the goals that Gustafson allowed against the Panthers because of what he did at the end. And it's clear that he kind of got himself back in rhythm and carried it over into this game. So I'm, I'm glad that he's getting back to where he was, you know, a a portion of what he did last year. He's a very talented goalie. And if he can continue to kind of push that performance, this, this is a team that can certainly win some games uh, as the rest of the season rolls along. 
Quadrum. To be honest, I feel like Kirill's injury might have been a blessing in disguise, allowed him some much-needed rest and return to form pre-injury last year. I think um, I think with Kaprizov, the fact there are two things that I kind of note with Kirill that have allowed him to continue this stretch that he's on. Number one, as as Quadrum notes, is the opportunity with the Sweden trip and with missing games for a different injury, just allowing him continued time to kind of rest and to uh, to heal up that initial injury. But I think the other part is the fact that the second injury was not a re-aggravation of the first, has allowed him to continue to let that first injury fully heal. Um, he's been on, even without scoring the uh, the two games before this stretch in which he's scored five in the last two games, he still has looked really good. And so now that he's finding the nets, that's when the confidence gets boosted. And that's when you can carry that into, you know, a, another monster week with very winnable games against the capitals, against the predators and against the ducks. He could very likely end next week with another four or five goals and go into the break on an absolute meteor heater, which is exactly exactly what this team needs. And uh, to piggyback off of that, as John notes, what a pleasure to watch 97. He is such a talent. We are blessed to get a chance to watch him play. He's very good. He's very good. Um, arguably, at this point, one of the best to ever do it for this Minnesota Wild team. And he's only played, he's in his, what, fourth season in the NHL? And he just continues to continues to rise. It's very likely if he does end up having a second contract with the Minnesota Wild, it's very likely that he's going to own every single record that stands for this team as of now. He's starting to climb the ladder in multi-goal games, uh, total goals, total points. There's there's a lot that's in reach for him because of his offensive capabilities. And it's nice to see him taking the lead again and um and just continuing to go on a heater. Taylor joining us. Who thought the Wild were taking four points home on this trip? Shake my head. Team can't even tank correctly. You know, this this is this is an accurate take. Because I think a lot of us are just of the belief that it, it's it's just going to be what we've seen the last handful of times if this team does get to the postseason. But if they are going to get there, they've got to do what they did on this trip. And so I'm still out. I'm still on the other side of the fence. If they win these these three games coming up this week, against very winnable teams and against, in the case of the Nashville Predators, a team directly in front of them. If they win those three and go into the all-star break with a five-game winning streak, I might I might start to at least look and see what the grass looks like on the other side of the fence. But if they drop one of these three games, then I'm just going to say, yeah, it just, again, it's a team that just is not capable of putting any sort of um, any sort of momentum together. So team greater good kind of got pushed to the side for this weekend. But again, you're only, you're only as good. If you're a playoff team, you're only as good as your next win, which would be Tuesday. So let's, uh, let's just see if they are able to, um, get to that point. Brevin joining us. Although it's a large hill to climb, it's not something that is completely out of the scope for this team. Looking at their schedule for the next couple of weeks, it is extremely doable if they don't fall back on their old habits. They pulled a good streak off in December before all the injuries. These games will inspire a lot of confidence for future games, which are all winnable. Yeah, that that's the thing. Is it's it's not like it's not crazy to get back to winning like 12 out of 15 or 12 out of 16, but you have to, you have to win. Um, 
you have to win in addition to going above and beyond what the other teams in front of you are doing. That's where it gets tricky is because you got to make up these points somewhere and head-to-head matchups are a great way to do it, but then you got to win those head-to-head matchups. So that's, that's where the, that's where things get a little tricky, but um, there certainly are, there certainly are opportunities for them to get back into this. You just can't have those stretches where you face a team that is very beatable and you just look like garbage. Like that's that's where the frustration comes in because it's like, well, if they want to be a serious postseason team, why do they have so many of these games that it seems like they just throw away? So that's kind of my um it's kind of my thoughts on it. Um John going full team greater good here. Uh playoffs aren't gonna happen. I just want to see 97 score 40. Rossi and Faber get 50 points. Boldy and X score 30 potentially. That will be a successful season in my book, at least fun. Um, that that would be if we were able to, if the wild are able to hit all of those marks, uh, that would be great. Um that that would be huge. That would be a huge way to support hashtag greater good. And Erickson Eck at 19 goals right now, he's he's getting close. Uh, Boldy at 15, Kaprizov at 15, but five in the last two games or at, uh, Kaprizov's at 18, excuse me. So, or is he at 15? Am I just insane? I could have sworn, but maybe it, maybe I am right. No, it still hasn't. It still hasn't taken that into account. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm Yeah. Who knows? Hoptics joining us. Middleton has become a legit top pairing defenseman based on what was expected from him and what he's done for this team. I'd say this might be the most valuable signing in recent years. Yeah, Middleton has been, he has been much more good than he has not. Um, I think the thing that has really hurt this team from a defensive perspective is that they just are getting kind of pulled down by those defensemen on the third pairing that just continue to get exposed and the turnovers. I think, I think if you want to boil the defensive issues down to one thing, it's the inability to clear, therefore turning it over in the defensive zone or just losing control of the puck along the boards or behind the net. I think if they could clean up a lot of that, like substantially, I, I think we would look at these defensive numbers a lot different than we currently do. But there just are so many just careless plays behind the net, along the boards, that lead to opportunities for the other team where the defense can't get to the front of the net because they're too far away from the play. Like if you can eliminate all that, then, then I think the defense looks way better, but until they do, we, uh, we continue to see a lot of the, uh, same things. Denny floating a uh, trade rumor. I've heard a rumor that Billy is talking to Anaheim about a trade for a defenseman. So if we look at the list of defensemen for the, Anaheim Ducks right now. Cam Fowler, Radko Gudis, Robert Hag, Jackson Lacombe, Gustav Lindstrom, Tristan Leno, Ilya Lyabushkin, Pavel Mentuyakov, and Urho Vakaninen. Uh, if I'm looking at, I just want to check because if I recall correctly, he got signed to a uh, long term deal. All right, I'm going to have to look into this. Um, I'm going to have to look into this a little further because, I mean, honestly, Radko Gudis would be, that'd be such a Minnesota Wild defenseman trade target because he's big. And honestly, I can't, like, I feel like big is a buzzword sometimes, but I honestly can't argue with it because it's absolutely true is that there are too many times 
in which this wild team just gets bullied off of the uh, off the puck. Yeah, Gudis is signed through. Um, he signed through next year at four million, so maybe not Gudis, but uh, Leah Bushkin is at two point seven five for the rest of this season. I would, I suppose, rather, um, yeah, he is, uh, he's got four points and is a minus nine in 45 games. Then again, it's the Ducks. He's also got 51 penalty minutes. Um, so that, I mean, if Garen can acquire somebody for relatively cheap, I guess that's great. But again, I just would rather, I just would rather go Damon Hunt, but, um, We'll we'll have to see. Will found the original. The he found the inspiration for the greater good. It's a hundred percent from the movie Hot Fuzz. So, cheers to you, Will, for uh, for finding the Easter egg that uh, that we've been running on here since the start of the season. Uh, just looking at some of the other comments here, Tracy, the wild are going to win the cup this season while also tanking for the greater good. Uh, if they could, uh, if they could handle both, I would, uh, you know, I think that would be, uh, I think that would be a pretty good idea. Ooh, John greatest good was 97. Yurov also uh, scoring goals and uh, fighting with his gloves on. I uh, saw that um, from earlier today that Danilo Yurov got into a fight. So that was, uh, that was an interesting, um, it was an interesting highlight to say the least. Trav joining us tonight. Leopold needs to handcuff Billy the rest of the season. Then Billy needs to hire a GM in the off season. Um, they could, uh, they could let, um, Ray Shiro do it. He's, he's in the front office. Sam joining us. Anybody else think that Felino had a great day, great game today? I, I thought he had a, uh, very kind of under the radar type game. That was, I, I thought he did a very good job, had six hits. But, um, you know, it just it, it seemed like this was a game in which he contributed more defensively than we've seen him in previous games. He had those a couple of those just outrageous diving clears of the puck on the penalty kill. And so seeing seeing players lay it out on the line like that and uh, be able to impact the game on critical penalty kills late. The Wild had one down the stretch with about four minutes to play. Just an absolute, like, must kill. And so credit to Felino for uh, for helping the penalty kill continue. Again, they're nine for nine. They're nine for their last nine after getting just torched by the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And in tonight's case, it's not like the Hurricanes were a slouch. I know Svechnikov didn't play, but it was still a top four power play in the league and especially at home. Like they just were unbeatable uh, with the, uh, the power play. And so the fact that the wild were able to um, the fact that they were able to hold that unit quiet was, uh, was very good. Quadrum segueing perfectly into what I wanted to talk about next uh, folks. Mason Shaw is back with the Iowa Wilds. And so after the rehab, getting himself in position after a fourth ACL surgery, Mason Shaw made his debut with the Iowa Wilds. And as far as the potential goes for him to be with Minnesota before the season is done, here's the situation there. So Shaw is currently signed to an AHL deal. With the fact that the Wild have 
long-term injured reserve cap space, what they could do is they could just get rid of the contract that he's currently on and sign him to an NHL deal before March 8th. March 8th is the cutoff for Shaw to uh, be able to um, sign with the team. So if he is if he plays in a handful of games and he looks good it wouldn't surprise me if um if they go that route but you know the fact that he's even getting himself in the discussion for being potential to be back on the roster is just outrageous just a testament to him just continuing to battle through major levels of adversity and the fact that he does and that he's even, you know, back at the AHL level, I can see why the wilds like having him around because he just, he's somebody that just refuses to refuses to take no for an answer. Mason, you tore your ACL again. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough road back. All right, let's get started. Like it's hard to it's hard to dislike that level of work ethic. Um and he just continues to bring it even after like one ACL surgery would probably be enough for most people to say, "All right, that's that's enough. I'm going to I'm going to have to to tap out and think about like my overall health down the line, but he's on his fourth and he still just continues to, um, he just continues to push. Let's talk about Marco Rossi, Jeremy joining us. What is the Rossi goal counter at now? And, um, Rossi had an assist tonight. So his overall numbers, Again, ESPN still has not factored in tonight's stats. Uh, so he's at 13 goals and now 14 assists. It should be. Uh, so 27 total points for Rossi this season, which still puts him as the second highest scorer amongst rookies in the NHL, in the entirety of the NHL, not just amongst forwards, not just amongst, um, just he, he is the second highest scorer amongst all skaters in the NHL. Uh, and actually, ironically enough, now that, uh, it looks like I should just go to NHL.com from now on. Cause they have updated the stats, uh, from tonight's game. I just, I like ESPN because they do the projected thing. And then I don't have to try to figure all that out on my own. But actually, there are two players tied for second amongst rookies in points in the NHL. And I bet you can guess who they are because they both play for the same team. They play for the Minnesota Wilds. Marco Rossi and Brock Faber both tied with 27 points. They are two clear of Adam Fantilli, who is in fourth place with 25, and then Luke Hughes has 24. Connor Bedard has 33 and is going to be out for a minute. So there is possibility that one or both of those guys could catch Mr. Uh, Mr. Bedard. As I continue to get caught up in the chat, Mike is Mike is right. Just play Hunt, but I don't think Garen will be able to help himself. Yeah, it, I'm I'm going to I'm going to, I guess, withhold judgment until, like, with the overall premise of saying, I just would rather it not happen, um, until we know who it is, it will just, it's one of those things that we're just going to have to, I guess, react to when we hear what the price is. Um, Scandella, Carrier, or Johnson for potential trade targets for the wilds. I mean, I guess they are, um, 
I guess they're better than Goligoski and Merrill. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like I'm I'll I'll look into that this week. Damon Hunt had a fight last night against Rockford, got sent down, and Lucini brought up need a center for Dewar. Yeah, I think I think with Dewar on injured reserve, I think Damon Hunt getting sent down was more of a procedural thing. I would not surprise me at all if the Wilds readjust their um, call-up situation before Tuesday's game. Like, let's just look at some... Let's just look at some of these statistics of who's doing what uh, down in Iowa to see who would warrant a uh, potential call-up for the um, at least the foreseeable future because there are a couple names that I think we would all like to see. Why does this default to the 2022-2023 season? So let's look at uh, Adam Beckman for one. Beckman on the season for Iowa, six goals, 10 assists. And if you look at what he's done, okay. So Beckman scored in uh, the game against Rockford. He had an assist in the uh, game before that. So Beckman has had a couple of points in the last two games, but he had folks, he had a stretch in which he did not have any points for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven straight games. So I can see, I can see where his name has not been a call up at this point, but now that he is kind of, now that he's starting to get himself back, on track, I I think I think he certainly does warrant um, getting back up here, especially considering that you're missing a guy on your fourth line. And here's the other thing too: is like I just like I know the I know the whole salary cap situation, yada yada yada. But what is the point of having guys that you put out there? that only play for like six minutes a night. The wild had two of them tonight. They had Adam Raskas play seven minutes, 24 seconds. And then Jake Lucini played seven minutes, 35 seconds. Like you're, you're playing so that you can have the, um, the continuity, but beyond that, um, like they're not really impacting a ton. I mean, like I said, Raska had five hits tonight, but I would just rather see somebody that is going to get um, like 13, 14 minutes as opposed to uh, somebody who is like a six-minute-a-night type player. <laughs> Oh, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to track the number of times that this uh, that the the Capri's bit makes it into a postcast. We're on two consecutive, so we're gonna call it the Capri's trade counter. We're on two straight episodes, um, and we have had the trade Capri's bit. Although the original perpetrator of the trade Capri's bit has not been here, and I I don't think I ban I don't think I banned him. At least I didn't I didn't intend to, unless he would have done it again. But um yeah, the, the trade Capri's bit lives forever on. Uh good to hear from Bob. Says he's getting on the men's quite the game to make you feel better. Great night for our pucks to have seeing eyes. Uh Eck, Caprizov, others looking like uh the leaders out there. And uh, those are the guys that you would love to um, to see. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Trav. I didn't. I didn't know that you were not here for that bit. We had somebody who hopped into the chat 
and was uh, was talking about trading Kirill, except he referred to him as um, Capriz. He kept saying trade Capriz. And so um, that's that's where that bit uh, that's where that bit came from. Uh, let's let's keep in mind too. Denny brings up a great point here: is that I haven't really discussed the absence of Connor Dewar yet. Um, that's that's going to be a tricky one because not only is Dewar the kind of the glue of that fourth line. But he's actually like he's actually low key kind of a a sneaky good center for this team. He wins faceoffs down there on that fourth line. He brings a ton of speed, and um, like that that's not something that they're going to be able to easily replace. Now, what we've seen, I think, the Wild do is just play more of the top guys as opposed to having a functional fourth. Um, Duhane played 12 minutes tonight and Maroon played 13. Johansson played 12. And so Duhame is really the only one who is getting minutes bumped up from that fourth line. The rest of those guys are just being used very sparingly. So it's going to be tough for this wild team if they just go to a three lineup set. Um, and so as long as Dewar is out of the, um, is out of the lineup, that's a tough loss for this team. And not just that, but the penalty kill too, like he, he plays a, a huge role for this team that is not going to be just easily replaced. The like button looks like the first period shots on goal. <laughs> Yeah, make sure to uh make sure to hit the like button everybody. Um yeah, hit the like button for Mason Shaw at least. Um helps get the show more widely circulated and um helps get the show out to more wild fans so that they can hop in to the conversation and um and continue to make these postcasts as elite as they are. Rossi will be in between 50 and 60 points for a rookie. It is hard to not like that, Denny. I agree. Um, you look at what he's projected for. Um, Rossi's projected for 47 points right now. 24 goals, 24 assists. But here's the thing that I like. Here's the thing that I like better than the goal numbers is that we are at this point, and yes, I knocked on my desk, we are at this point trending towards both Brock Faber and and Marco Rossi playing in a full 82 games this year. And if you would have told me that if you would have told me last year that Rossi would have played in 20 games and at one point, well, I, I mean, we were, we were right there. We were concerned that, uh, that it was going to be, um, that is going to be something concerning, but look at where Rossi is at now. Um, again, the, the fact that he is going to be playing a full 82 games is just a great, a great testament to what he has, um, what he's done this year. And again, it, it's going to be my favorite quote of the season for all time is the, I just show up to the rink every day and I try to do my best. Like that's that's honestly such a, an easy mantra to root for with this team is just somebody who shows up every, every game, every day and just does his best. It's, it's so easy to root for um, that, that honestly I'm, I just am hoping that he has just unlimited levels of success. And speaking of unlimited levels of success, I think with that, as we hit the uh, 60 minute mark, I think I am going to wrap things up here for tonight because I do believe the uh, Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs are getting into uh, crunch time. And so going to uh, going to sign off here for the evening. Uh, Jeremy of the non-Wallstead goalies, who do we like best in the system? Tell you what. 
I'll give you an episode for this one. I will uh, take a look at the um, I'll take a look at the goalies and um, we'll uh, we'll see what we come up with. Uh, as Amanda notes, PWLHL game this week is on Wednesday against Montreal. I will be watching uh, a rare night off of Minnesota Wild coverage, so I will uh, I'll be watching um, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see if they are able to continue what has been a great start to the season. So make sure to follow them. Make sure to follow Locked On Wilds and uh, make sure that you hit the like button on your way out. And ooh, PWHL postcast. Maybe we'll uh, we'll see. Got a lot going on this week. So uh, thank you everybody for joining. As always, thanks to Denny, thanks to Amanda, Tracy, thanks to John, thanks to Jeremy, thanks to everybody for joining tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. Uh, glad to see that Bob is feeling better and uh, joining us here tonight. Minnesota Wild win. By a score of five to two, we'll see if they can keep it rolling into this week. And we have plenty more coverage coming up for you as the week rolls on. So make sure to subscribe to Locked on Wild so you don't miss out on any new content throughout the week. You can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.